Woohoo! All right, everybody, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast. Your host, Tommy Tahoe Olemo, episode 314, end of June, end of the quarter for most, end of the month for all of us. So if you got those deals out there that are lingering, I'm sending all the good vibes, all the positive affirmations your way. Got a great episode today with Rachel Mays. Rachel is currently the VP of Sales at Nausta. She is a board member at Girls in Tech New York. Uh, previously, she was uh, in sales and leadership roles at great companies like Samsara, Chariot, and Yelp. Uh, Rachel and I met through the Pavilion Group. We've chatted a number of times, and, and I wanted to have her on the pod to talk about a few things. Uh, you know, how she got into sales post-grad, you know, starting off her career at Yelp, which, um, you know, coming straight out of school is, is a, an amazing opportunity, and your first sales job and she absolutely crushed it there, stayed for a number of years, rose through the, the ranks of leadership, uh, moved out to New York City during the pandemic, uh, coming across the country from California. We talk about that. We talk about you know some of the, uh, the highs and lows of being a VP of sales at a startup, if that's the path that you want to go down, and, and giving back to uh, help young women uh, in the tech world, and uh, like I mentioned, at Girls in Tech New York. So we get into a lot of stuff. It's a great episode. Hope you enjoy it. Before we get there, quick word from our sponsor. A quick word from the sponsor of this podcast, which is the Up and Up community. It is a community that I just launched with my friend, Anthony Natoli. Um, it is a private sales community that's helping you all get not only crush your sales goals and your career goals, but also trying to stay fulfilled and mentally healthy and become a better person in the process, which is easier said than done. So if that's interesting to you, head over to patreon.com slash up and up, or hit me up on LinkedIn. My name's Tom Alemo, and uh, the link will be there in my the featured section of my profile, or uh, you could DM me with any questions. All right, coming at us from New York, we got Rachel Mays on the podcast. Rachel, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I am doing well. Excited to chat with you. Yeah, same here. Um, so I'd love to uh, I'd love to just dive in and, and learn a little bit about the early days um, of your career. I know you're on the East Coast now, California. Uh, you know, upbringing and and we're there for quite some time. I know you went to San Diego State, and then um, like coming off of that, did you get straight into sales? Did you have other jobs? Like, what did that whole kind of period of your life look like? Yeah. So when I graduated from San Diego, uh, I was, I kind of did what a lot of San Diegans do at that time. Uh, I moved to LA. Um, okay. There wasn't a ton of job opportunities like there is now in, in Southern California, especially for folks just graduating. So my degree was actually in uh, journalism and media studies. So I got right into marketing. Uh, I did marketing for about two years. Um, I was in the beverage industry, really wanted to figure out what I wanted to do. I was actually making strategic campaigns for the sales team. Uh, so I was actually working hand in hand with those folks uh, and actually really fell in love with the sales motion through that opportunity. I knew I wanted to get into tech. Uh, and at that time being, you know, just, just six hours south of the Bay Area, I knew that I had to get up to San Francisco. So I started reaching out to my network, some folks that I had known, uh, and I actually met a friend in Manhattan Beach that was working at Yelp uh, and said, you should come work here. It's a phenomenal company. Uh, I applied online, went through the process, got it, packed my bags and moved to San Francisco. Nice. And are you from San Diego? No, I'm actually from uh, Sacramento. So I'm born and oh, okay. raised in Northern California. 
uh, wanted to always wanted to live in Southern California. So lived there for about seven and a half years before coming up north again. Gotcha. And when you were, um, we'll get to Yelp in a second, but when you were at San Diego State and you said media and journalism, like where did that come from? Was that like something you were really interested in? Or was it more like me where it's just like, I'm just going to kind of pick something random and figure it out later? Or, or how did they, how'd you come up with that? Yeah. So I started off actually as a PR major. Um, so I thought that was where my heart was at. Um, I became very interested in my journalism and media studies um, through some of the courses that I was taking. Um, journalism became incredibly interesting to me as far as, you know, how we um, that was also the boom of social media. Um, so it was also, I mean, Facebook was created when I was in college. So it was really interesting how people were absorbing different information and the way that um, communication was changing all over the world and the spread of information. So I became very, very interested in that and wanted to dive much deeper into that. And I started actually really falling in love with my courses going into the back half of my sophomore year and fully committed to that, uh, to that major from there. Nice. Did Facebook make its way like while you were in college? Like, did you know about it or you just yeah. knew like afterwards really made it all, all the way out to San Diego? Yeah. So I was, um, yeah. So I created my Facebook page, I think like four months into college. And that was when okay. you actually needed a, uh, a college email address to be a part of it. So uh, when I actually went to college, I still had my MySpace uh, and then <laughs> got onto Facebook about four months in and you didn't really know what it was. You were kind of just posting statuses. Um, and, you know, it used to say Rachel Mays is. Um, so yeah. also there's just so many grammatical errors because it is like at the beach or is, uh, which it's, it's really funny to look back at those old statuses and see it. So yeah, it was a very interesting time. Um, and that was incredibly, incredibly interesting and exciting to me. So a lot of it was thinking about, television, radio, um, obviously the, the dot-com boom. And so that was a lot of what uh, my classes were about and how the changes were actually affecting the global economy and how that was gonna move us forward. And so I actually, um, uh, I actually did one of my senior thesis papers on uh, Salesforce um, because it was actually, oh. that company was uh, at the time the fastest company to reach a billion. Um, and so it was how, internet companies and tech companies were actually changing the world. So super cool. And that leads to Yelp because in a different way, like that's, you know, the social media of like, you know, the restaurant or the service industry. Um, and so you joined there like 2012, 2013, how big was Yelp at that point? Ish. Oh gosh. Um, I think we were, I mean, it was definitely a growth stage company at that point. It was large. I'm trying, I don't remember off the top of my head how many folks uh, were at Yelp. Uh, the San Francisco office, uh, we are at a much smaller office. So we were on uh, mission and first uh, before moving to uh, the big 140 New Montgomery office, uh, which is a nice. gorgeous, huge building. And so uh, at the time, it was very much like we would actually show a picture of the 140 New Montgomery office and, it, and we would have this like earn your seat, um, which was getting to this beautiful, fancy office. So I think we had four floors in the 700 mission office. Um, so, you know, maybe a couple thousand people. Maybe yeah. A thousand. Got Those, you. And, yep. and did you know people, uh, from being from Sacramento? Like, did you have friends from high school or college that were in the Bay or did you just pick up a ticket and like, I want to get into sales and 
you know, I'll, I'll kind of figure out this whole new city too. Yeah. So I had heard about the job from a friend who actually worked uh, in the Scottsdale office. Uh, so I knew mm -hmm. a couple of people that worked out in uh, the Phoenix Scottsdale office. Um, a few of my friends from San Diego that were from the Bay Area had decided to move back up at the same time. Um, we were all in that bucket of just had gotten jobs in Southern California. We knew we had to be in tech. So a friend of mine actually uh, two friends got a job at Salesforce. I got a job at Yelp. And then another one of the women that I moved up to San Francisco with, she got a job at Gilead. Um, so we were all like, we're up leveling, we're moving up to the Bay. Um, yeah. But no, I, di I didn't know anybody at Yelp in San Francisco. I didn't really have any friends from high school or growing up with that were in the Bay at that time. So uh, the three of us moved up there together. Two of us got an apartment, uh, which was really fun. We lived in Alamo Square to start. Nice. Very cool. Um, so the first job you, your first sales job, that is, uh, you're walking into Yelp. Um, talk to me about the experience. Like, did you pick it up quickly? Um, were you crushing it out of the gates? Did you have struggles? Like what was the first, you know, six, 12 months like for you? Yeah. So it was, it was incredible. Um, coming from a completely different industry, uh, it, which was much harder and did not treat their employees the way that tech companies treat their employees. Um, I was uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and absolutely loved it. So at the time, uh, Yelp had just gone into growth stage mode. And so they were actually hiring classes of 30 people at a time. So I was in one of those classes of 30 people. Um, we were all really excited getting into our sales careers, a ton of new college grads, a ton of people that had just moved to San Francisco from all over the world for the first time. Um, so they put us in classes. So there was a 90-day training period. Uh, and during those first, excuse me, a 60-day training period. And during those first 30 days, it was very much like, here's how you open your email. Here's how you send a note. Here's how you use Salesforce. Yeah. Uh, and I actually uh, refer to my time at Yelp often as Yelp you, uh, because it felt mm. like those four years were basically my introduction to the work world and, and setting me up for my career after that. Um, so the first, uh, I did very, very well in training, but I will say the first month uh, I did not close a deal and I was freaking out uh, because most people uh, you get about a week of training and then they just put you on the phones. Yelp very much has that kind of scrape your knees mentality. Um, mm -hmm. So we were on the phones for three weeks after that. Everyone was starting to close their deal and you were so tight knit with your class that came in and you all had a closing song, uh, which was really fun and exciting. We, we were the well, Jedi. I need to know your closing song. Oh, it was by Macklemore. It was um, thrift shop. Yes, it was thrift shop. I was like, I was singing it in my head. I was like, uh, uh, uh. yeah. Um, so That's it was hilarious. thrift shop. Yeah. And uh, when I still hear that song, I always think about that moment. Um, and I just could, um, I was getting a ton of meetings, but I was just not closing. Uh, and a big thing, I have a, a natural, really outgoing personality, um, but I had a really hard time asking for it. And so I was getting a lot of follow-ups. Okay, like let's chat and, you know, a couple of weeks and I would say, okay, great. And then I would go to my manager. I'm like, they're going to buy. They're so excited. Uh, yeah. And then they would never answer my call ever again, uh, as people do. So um, my boss, uh, my manager at the time, Emily Mearsand, uh, who is still a close friend of mine. Um, she's an incredible sales leader and was the top rep at Yelp for a very long time. Uh, she kept telling me she was actually barging into my calls and she was like, Rachel, ask for it, ask for it. And so I actually started pushing back on the gentleman on the phone and he closed. Uh, and I couldn't believe it as he was entering his credit card. My hands were so sweaty uh, as I was entering <laughs> it in. And then uh, after that, uh, I picked up the phone called someone who I had demoed that morning and was like, Hey, 
you told me that this is important to you, ran through the ROI with her, let's get you signed up. And then I actually closed three deals that afternoon. And from there, uh, it kind of, it took off and I was really, really successful my first uh, few months at Yelp after that. I actually hit President's Club uh, as a new, uh, as a new member of the Yelp team. Wow. As a, new, a new hire, which was awesome. That's crazy. So nothing for a month and then three in one day. And I, I feel like that's just how it happens sometimes. Like you've got to go through the adversity. And then once you hit whatever that turning point is, whatever that skill is that you needed, which in your case, it sounds like just like not being comfortable asking for the sale or, or asking like the really hard questions, um, I think is something that I'm actually impressed that it only took you a month because it took me probably six months to get to that point where you just feel like, oh, you're forcing it on someone or like, you know, you're, you're being too pushy or too whatever. Um, but in my experience, in my opinion, if you believe in what you're selling and you've done the right discovery and you know that what their challenges are, you can solve and you can make their, their life a lot better, a lot easier. Um, you're almost doing a disservice to them by not getting whatever you're selling into their hands. Yeah, I actually, that, that's, I was actually going to mention that I, believe that my success in sales particularly has been because I've always been such a strong believer in whatever I'm selling. Um, and I was very, very passionate about small businesses. Both my parents are small business owners and I knew how important an online presence was again, going back to my original major. Um, I knew how important it was for especially small businesses to bring their um, to bring their companies into the 21st century. And there would just be very basic things. There would be restaurants in San Francisco that were getting 20,000 views per month. And their first picture was of somebody's dirty plate or mm. of, and they weren't logging in and interacting with their customers. I'm like, these are people that love you that go to your restaurant every single week. And because you don't like the platform, you're completely ignoring, um, you know, these, this group of people and let's, let's talk about that. And let me coach you on how I can, you know, help your business. And that was a big part of it for me was I always really felt like it was in their best interest. I never felt like I sold somebody something that they didn't need or didn't want. And a big part of that comes from that deep discovery, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. This might be a little bit of a tangent, but what kind of businesses did your parents have? Um, so my mom does corporate housing, um, which a lot of people are, don't know what that is. Um, but so I don't. <laughs> she, yeah, so she actually works with large organizations. Um, so she actually works a lot, uh, in uh, Silicon Valley. So large companies like Apple or Facebook, um, they'll have to relocate people for specific projects from mm. all over the world. Uh, what ends up happening is let's say you need to live in, you know, Palo Alto or Mountain View or Sunnyvale, those are the, most of the places that she works in. You don't want to stay in a hotel um, for three, four, five, six months. A lot of times folks are bringing their families. So what she mm -hmm. does is she partners with um, usually high-end apartment communities to set them up so those folks can live there for those part-time jobs or those part-time stints in a city. And she does a really cute job. She will um, you know, give them packets of like, these are the best restaurants to go to in the area. This is, yeah. you know, the areas you want to hang out and go shopping, go to workout classes, uh, whatever it is. And then she partners with the communities to set up these units for them and furniture companies, kind of Airbnb-esque. Um, Sonder, yeah. actually the company, uh, Emily Mearsam, my old boss from Yelp at, does something very similar. Got you. That's cool. Um, and what about your dad? Did, did he have uh, one too? 
yeah, so my dad uh, has a landscaping business that he's done for a very long time. Uh, my mom and I tease him about how much he loves flowers all the time. Uh, <laughs> he can name like every flower or plant anytime we're on a nature walk. It's uh, adorable. But yes, uh, and he has done that his entire life. Uh, he's incredibly uh, passionate about it. Um, well, actually, take a step back. He was actually in the corporate world, spent many years doing that always said he never really found uh, true passion in that uh, and actually went back to uh, what he went to school for uh, and became a landscape. Uh, he owns his own landscaping company still to this day and loves it. Very cool. So were you exposed to a lot of that, like growing up in terms of like the entrepreneurial lens? Because I, I typically see or often see, I feel like salespeople and sales leaders have a lot. You have to, you don't have to, but oftentimes have like an entrepreneurial mind um, because you own your own business in a sense, or, or if you treat it that way, I think you can see a lot of success. So I'm just curious if that was something that you started to, once you got into sales, like take like, oh, I remember when my mom or dad like did this or did that. And, you know, you kind of take ownership over your own book of business and, and how that helps. Just curious if that ever, you know, kind of stuck out to you. Yeah, absolutely. So I will say I took two pieces from each of my parents. Um, my my dad has the passion side, uh, like I said, and he's incredibly good with his customers. His business still to this day is all referrals. Um, mm. So he takes a ton of pride in what he does uh, and he loves it. And he always says, I wake up every day and I feel like I'm not working. Um, my mom on the other uh, side of it, she absolutely does what she loves too, but my mom um, hustles and has that entrepreneurial mindset. And she started a business um, when I was 14 uh, and built it out of our house. Uh, and I saw that and it was just actually her and I um, during that time. And it was incredible to see what she's built over and over again. And she actually just just joined, a fr uh, just bought a franchise uh, two years ago. She's 60 years old now uh, nice. and she's still and she's still hustling. So I really get that uh, hustle, grit, drive uh, from her uh, and that entrepreneurial spirit from her. And she really has that like own your own destiny, build what you want in front of you. Uh, and I got I got that from her. So it's nice kind of having both sides of. Um, my dad was always like, never work a day in your life uh, if you love what you do. And my mom was always like, hustle and build the, the life that you want. I love it. I love it. Um, so when you're at Yelp, you're, you were there for about four years and mm -hmm. had a number of different roles and, and got promoted. Um, <clears throat> did you always know that you wanted to go down a leadership path? Did you ever consider like, I just want to be a, an enterprise AE or, or how did that kind of conversation go in your head? Yeah. So I actually, I'm glad you asked. So I, I love talking about this. So at that time, I just wanted to get promoted. Uh, I was like, that's what's yeah. next for me. I need to be a manager. And I got into a manager uh, management role in about a year, um, which is, you know, pretty, pretty standard at Yelp. They usually promote people within folks first year, year and a half to two years. And at that time, uh, then going into a mid-market sales function wasn't really, it was more kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, like sexy and exciting to be a sales manager. Um, yep. So I went the management route and I really struggled. Uh, it was extremely hard for me. Um, I talk about this a lot with new managers. Uh, I had the Michael Jordan syndrome where I was like, I'm the best rep, I'm the best rep, just do what I do and follow me. Um, and so my first six months as a manager, my team absolutely crushed it. We were killing our numbers, but I got my first management review. Uh, my first uh, leadership reviews were, and they're anonymous and you get, you get feedback from your team. And it was tough uh, reading these, uh, this feedback from my team. And 
what I noticed was a lot of them felt like I didn't actually care about their career development. I wasn't taking time to get to know them as people. Uh, and I was, you know, just driving sales and driving revenue. And that was how they felt I, all I cared about. Um, and it was true. So I, I really took check of that, um, and really tried to think about what type of leader I wanted to be. And growing up as an athlete, um, I started to think about myself as a coach and I was very lucky because I had really strong mentors at Yelp. That's a, a wonderful reason at working at Yelp, you come out of there with such strong mentors. And I went to one of the gentlemen that was a strong mentor for me and had been one of my managers. And I said, my team hates me. I don't know what to do. Uh, Help me. Uh, And he gave me this book called The Weekly Coaching Conversation. uh, And I read it. And for me to be able to change my mindset um, from being this uh, leader to boss, manager to a coach, uh, completely changed the way um, that I was leading my team. And it took about four months for us to really get back uh, to the top of the DSU, which that's what we called our leaderboard at Yelp. Yeah. Uh, and we got there, um, but it took some it took some rebuilding. It took me gaining back the trust of my people um, and really getting in the weeds with them and letting them know that I did care about their development, putting development plans together. Uh, and not having it at the end of the day, it's all about revenue. It is sales, but um, really helping them grow and develop in their next stages in their career. And that was what was really important to them and getting to know them on a personal level as well. Yeah. So um, maybe this feels like an obvious question, but what is the difference in your mind or in how the book laid it out between being a manager and and being a coach? Like what's the different mentality or, or what are some of the different, like, how do you treat your day or how do you treat your, your team differently in that sense? Yeah. So the book is essentially about this gentleman who they have, uh, it starts out and he has an incredible quarter or incredible year. And he's at a bar celebrating and he tells the team like, we're all going to go get drinks after this. Uh, and, uh, nobody shows up. Uh, and so he is basically sitting at this bar and this coach finds him, um, and starts chatting with him about why nobody is there and he basically takes him through this journey and it was a lot of those same um, a lot of those same things and mistakes that I was making and what they talk about with Michael Jordan and those same mistakes that he made so one um, your your team doesn't necessarily want to know how great you were as a salesperson and it's not oh I'm perfect do everything that I do follow me Um, I think being a really great coach is taking a look at your team. And I, so I thought, thought about it from a soccer mindset of what my really great coaches used to do. And they used to find what we were really good at. Uh, and they used to double down on that. Um, so, and that's how they would position us obviously for the field. That's how they would think about when to put us in, when to take us out. Um, and I think that is a big part of what I think about all the time. So I always think about my team as a unit. And I think about what drives them, what motivates them, when to push them, when to pull back. And I think Mm -hmm. that's also a big piece of, and that goes back to getting to know them um, and actually knowing your team, knowing what motivates them, understanding their drivers and knowing when to push and when not to versus just, you know, being a boss, being a micromanager, making them feel like, you know, having this very strange connection. I'm sure you've had managers like this before where you feel like they're on top of you every day. They don't really care about your development and you're just a number and a cog in a wheel for them. Um, I think that's a, a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, I think reps, you know, can just, you can sense it from day one. And I have, I've had amazing 
leaders I've worked for. And I've had ones where I just, I know I am someone on a spreadsheet or on a Salesforce dashboard. Um, and it just, it changes obviously how you feel on a day-to-day, but also just, I want to work 10 times harder for the person that I know gives a shit about where I want my career to go or what my goals are uh, at the company or even outside the company. And yep. so I think that's, that's super important. And um, so when you're talking about get, get to know the team better, I you know, from what I've heard from a lot of folks on this podcast, like, again, maybe this seems intuitive, but for a lot of managers, I don't think it is like, I think you just have to ask, right. You can't yeah. just assume like everyone's motivated by a promotion or by money or by recognition. Like I, I feel like part of this is like when you first get to know the team, asking those kind of intimate, awkward questions, because it's going to help you develop a better relationship with them. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I think also remembering, and and I learned this as I continued to grow in my career, um, to ask different questions because at Yelp, it was primarily new college grads or folks that were getting into sales for the first time. And then as I grew in my career and I was managing enterprise sellers, their motivation was much different. And the way that I was leading that team was much different. And that was also a learning curve, but agreed asking them what they want. Um, There's a lot of sales folks that a promotion is not what they want. Um, What they want is for you to leave them alone. They want to be able to golf or take, uh, you know, take dance classes at 3 p.m. on a Friday. They want flexibility. Um, A lot of folks um, are not necessarily in it because most, I would say, really want to make money and hustle, but a lot of them may be driven by passion because they love the product or they love what we're doing. Um, and so there, there really is different motivators for everyone and assuming every single person wants money, every single person wants flexibility, every single person wants X, Y, Z puts you in a place to fail because it's really unique to each person. And I think it changes throughout their life. And I think that's another thing of knowing them very well. So I always try to know, um, you know, their home life, um, you know, who their, who their spouse is or who their partner is or what motivates them outside of work. Um, what do they like to do in their spare time and also motivating them that way. So I'll try to take my team out to a game or to get, uh, to go on a walk or to get a manicure or get smoothies or whatever it is, um, to also take them outside of just that work environment. And I feel like that's also how you really get to know folks. It's so much easier to have those conversations, you know, when you're, outside or somewhere not in an office or even on a zoom call. I don't, I don't know. Are you all remote, all in office hybrid? What's the, what's your it's, team's outlook right it, now? It's hybrid. So it's, yeah. my team has been, um, it wasn't actually a huge change for me. Um, I'd been managing a remote team, um, since 2018. Uh, so it wasn't a huge shock uh, to the system, uh, when yeah. everybody went remote. Um, and I think, you know, I try to spend, Uh, I try to see at least kind of two direct reports during a month, um, obviously now uh, after the pandemic. um, But during the pandemic, I think it was really um, when you're on Zoom, I think sometimes it's really challenging to have other distractions. Like you said, your Slack pop up or an email pop up. And I think it's really dedicating just like you would in person that 30, 45 minutes, an hour to be fully focused and dialed in into what they're talking about. And I always like to start my one-on-ones with, you know, 10, 15 minutes of what's going on in their life. How are things going before we just hop into, okay, what's your pipeline? Do you have Forex pipeline? What's closing? Let's walk through sales stages and dive in that way. Yeah. I think that's super important. Um, you talked uh, a little bit about 
you know, Yelp and really caring about the product and believing in that. And you have some like personal kind of background, like with your parents that I think was probably motivating, um, throughout your career, just curious, like, how do you go about picking different companies and different opportunities based on, you know, I, I imagine everywhere you've been, you've had a similar type of belief. So do you, um, do you, do you kind of like take calls and, and then scope out the product and see like, do I believe in it? Or do you typically do it the reverse of like, and I am really like into whatever, you know, Bitcoin. And so like, I'm going to go yeah. find like a cool, whatever, you know, uh, crypto company and try to follow that. Like, how do you, how do you typically do it? Yeah. So that's a great question. I think, so I have made I think it's a little bit of a balance of both. Um, I've made the mistake of just saying, I, you know, I really care about this. Like, this is where I want to work um, because I think it's a balance of two things. Um, it really has to be a company where I know I'm going to succeed. And I think part of growing in your career, and I've done this as sort of a reset after each time I've taken a new opportunity is what at this specific, uh, specific opportunity made me successful? Um, where do I think I had gaps? Um, and how can I make that better in the next decision that I make? Um, and I think for me with Yelp, what I really loved was I was you know passionate, but it was really the people that I met. And it was really the way that Yelp cared about folks. Um, and I took that with me into my next roles um, and what I was looking for. So I think that's incredibly important um, is not only looking at the company and what the company's core beliefs are. And if you're actually going to be a good fit, I think sometimes, and I've seen folks do this and, and folks that I've managed before have asked me for advice uh, on things like this, but don't just go to a company because you think that, you know, oh, this is the, the coolest company to work at right now because it's, you know, growing exponentially. It's a unicorn. Um, everybody gets those LinkedIn messages. It really, ha and then if you don't get that opportunity, you, you feel horrible about yourself, but it's really, is this the right time for you in your career for this role? Um, is the culture going to make sense for you? Um, and what type of growth are you going to see out of it? And then I also think adding that passion piece into it, are you actually excited about what you're going to be selling is extremely important, but I think it's a balance of both things. Um, when I've gone on to new opportunities in my career, I have gone that path where I've been like, I'm just super excited and passionate about this. Um, and the company wasn't actually in a place where I was going to grow in my career in the right way. And I had to course correct after that. Yeah, that's, that's super well said. Um, I'd love to talk about, um, what you're doing nowadays. And, um, I know at, at now, so you're, you've got a lot of growth, a lot of scaling, which is, I feel like, you know, there's kind of these different levels to, you know, being a leader where you're frontline, um, you know, you're focusing probably more on the coaching second line. You're probably starting to see like, okay, what's the future of the company and how are we forecasting the business and things like that. And now at your level, um, you're also probably dealing with like, Hey, we need like to get our certain amount of funding in so that we can really project far out and really like scale this up and scale the processes. So I'd love for you to talk about like what that experience has been like for you. Yeah, so I joined Nausta um, during uh, in June of 2020. Um, so it was really interesting going to a, a Series A startup um, that was primarily focused on uh, SMB hospitality uh, three months into the pandemic. Um, and also moving to New York City, uh, I, ha I got a lot of questions like, are you out of your mind? Um, but <laughs> Uh, again, I, I really saw the future for this organization for a multitude of reasons. 
Um, my first year there, we were uh, a SaaS business at the time uh, and a fintech business primarily, and we were building out our marketplace. We only had about four or five opportunities there, uh, and I had two AEs on my team at the time. And so the first six months that I was there, I was actually focused a lot on building out um, process and um, sales funnel and all of the things that you want at a larger organization. And I had to kind of take check of that and say, right now we really need to figure out where the revenue is going to come from and really put my head down and drive revenue. So I was taking, I had to go back to my skill set that I had had at Yelp, where you're in the weeds, you're barging um, AEs on calls. Um, you're looking at, you know, call to demo ratio. Are they talking to enough DMs? A lot of that rolling up your sleeves work that I hadn't done in almost six years. So Went back to that. Um, it was extremely fun. Um, we closed, you know, our first 40 deals on the labor market side of the business. Uh, we launched in Miami and that's when that was about April of last year, April of 2021. And we started to get, we already had a lot of momentum with investors prior, but we were waiting to get a lot of momentum from our revenue standpoint um, before we, you know, raise another round. And so I started meeting with investors at that time. My CEO really dr um, drove most of that, but I was obviously involved in the, in the conversations uh, and it was really painting the picture for the future of what we were building. And it was giving them a competitive analysis of what the market looked like um, and why our customers loved us so much and why our product was so sticky. Um, so we raised our series B in December of this year, uh, which was incredible. Um, at that point, I had about 10 direct reports. Uh, so I had hired um, some BDRs. I had hired a few account managers um, and CSM. So on the post-sale side of the business, and then I had built out an SMB team that was focused on that hospitality transactional sale. Uh, and then mm -hmm. I had hired three in-market enterprise AEs uh, that were focusing on driving us up market. So fast forward to now, um, our company is the growth that we've seen the last six months has just been incredible. Uh, we hired a new COO in the last three weeks. We've hired a, a head of marketing, a head of CS, uh, a, uh, I have a sales manager now for my team. Uh, we're hiring a BDR manager. And so really what I'm looking at now is getting to the number and hiring a very successful team. And I think it's a very, my biggest challenge right now is hiring very quickly um, to ensure that we have enough bodies in place to be able to hit the number while balancing, still making sure that we're going to market correctly while also making sure that we hire incredibly successful people. Something that I learned uh, at a previous role in Chariot was that every person that you hire at this stage is so crucial to your culture, is so crucial to the growth of your business that even making one hire that is not the right fit or isn't, you know, isn't going to um, retain really does set you back. So I've been really focused on hiring the right folks in this role. Uh, that's been pr primarily my focus. I, I got to know, because I love, you know, listening to stories of, of entrepreneurs and, you know, founders that are, you know, talking about the, their growth businesses and things like that. Um, I got to know, like, when you're in the room with the VCs and you're talking and you're kind of like selling them on the idea of, of NAUSA, how different is that from a regular sales call, right? Like, is it, is it a similar kind of like skill set? Hey, we're trying to, um, 
you know, I guess sell you on the vision, obviously, of, of where we're going and, and why, you know, whatever funding that we're going after, like you should get involved. Just curious, like any major differences between that and like all of the, you know, decade of experience you have in, in other SaaS businesses? Yeah, so I would say, I, I would say most of my sales calls would be uh, a lot of uh, discovery uh, yeah. and a lot of uh, digging in and really understanding, you know, what a customer wants. And, and that's, you know, how you sell them on the vision of, of what you're building. I think when I, you know, I'm talking to VCs that are interested in our business, it's really, it's mostly all focused on big picture and not the granularity that you're going to get into on a sales call. So really focusing on, I like to talk about, um, and my CEO does a wonderful job of this, like market conditions. Um, Nouse is really in a great place um, from a market standpoint. It's it's really what the market is asking for um, and kind of where that came from. A big part of it right now is prior to the pandemic, during the pandemic, how that changed and, and how we move forward uh, and really focusing on competitive landscape and growth. And a lot of those things you wouldn't really touch on on a sales call. Um, so it's a lot more focused on big picture, growth, um, where we see challenges uh, and how we're overcoming those things. Um, so I like to get ahead of, which a lot of people talk about is like the M&M &M, uh, mindset yeah. uh, is getting ahead <laughs> of a lot of uh, pitfalls that they could potentially see. Um, and going through this um, prior, um, I know a lot of what you know, VCs are looking for and asking for and trying to get ahead of a lot of their pitfalls and making sure that they're very confident in what we're building. And I think having a concrete plan. Um, so I do a lot of planning before those calls, uh, having a concrete plan for growth, having a concrete plan and a very clear vision to hitting the number uh, is incredibly important. And then also having that big picture mantra behind it. Yeah, I love it. Um, I love the Eminem mindset too. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's transition to a couple of rapid fires. Let the audience uh, get to know you a little bit better. Um, right. So first up, we're big learners on the podcast. I know you mentioned um, one of the books earlier that helped you from uh, from a coaching perspective earlier in your career. Curious if there's any other books that stand out to you, whether they've helped you in your career with you as a person. I, you know, any genres uh, fair game. But curious if anything stands out. Yes. Um, so, oh, I'm terrible. I'm blanking on the name of the book. Um, I actually, when I first came to NAUSA, I, I hired an executive coach. Um, I worked with her for almost a year um, and she gave me a book um, and I cannot remember the exact title of the name, but it's essentially about um, going back to, to being nice. Um, so it's about, uh, it's essentially, I, th I think it's called like nice, uh, you don't have to like nice women still finish first, something like that. Um, but it's essentially about using your kindness to your advantage. I think that especially as a woman in leadership, um, and I, I won't generalize, um, but I tend to be very empathetic. I tend to be very kind. Um, and sometimes I feel like that can be a shortfall for me. And so what I really worked with her on and what this book really helped me with um, was actually using that uh, to my advantage. And it talks about how you can do that without necessarily being a pushover or feeling like you're not standing your ground or feel like you're, you know, working a hundred hours because you're too, you know, nervous to ask for something. Um, I will get you that book, but I would say in the last two years that has that has really helped um, change my career, and it's something that I actually always recommend to uh, female leaders on my team and other women that I'm talking to in girls in tech. I love that. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll get the full name. We'll put it in the uh, in the show notes. How about um, any? I'm not sure if you're a podcast listener or a blog reader or on LinkedIn, but anything that 
you've been getting into that um, in any of those realms that have helped you recently that you've been kind of binging on? Yes. Yeah, so I am um, obviously, you know, I'm in Revenue Collective or Pavilion uh, now. Yep. Um, and so I, I love Sam Jacobs podcast. Um, I yep. listen to it in the morning um, while I'm getting ready. Um, and so usually I will focus in on what is top of mind for me. So I'll usually scroll through. Um, when I was building out, um, I had never built a CSM or account management organization. Um, that was completely new to me. Um, so I listened to a lot of his podcasts uh, that were featuring different folks last fall. Uh, and I actually ended up connecting with some of those folks through Pavilion, which really helped me in setting my mindset for building a team that I had never done before at a stage that was brand new to me as well. So I, I do recommend uh, if you you know, are a new, um, you know, building your career in sales, definitely joining an organization uh, like Pavilion, like Rev Genius, um, and really getting your hands on those materials. Absolutely. And Sam Jacobs is just a genius. Um, he's great. So he's what, great. It's fun being in New York with him uh, yeah. now. It's cool instead of being across the country. Yeah, very cool. Um, what goes on in the Rachel Mays headphones music wise? Oh my gosh. Um, so I really love everything. Um, being from California, I really love like, like old school rap. Um, like Dr. Dre is probably on Hell my yeah. headphones all the time. <laughs> um, Same. and my team laughs at me, um, because sometimes, you know, I'll come in and it, I have my AirPods in, um, and I'm getting, um, I'm getting hyped. I usually will do like a podcast <laughs> in the morning while I'm getting ready. And then I actually take the ferry to work, uh, which is beautiful. And, uh, when I get off the ferry, I usually start, um, kind of getting into the groove, uh, and getting ready to go. Um, and my team, sometimes they're, they're like, your, your headphones are so loud right now. <laughs> like I'm getting in the day. Let's go. You got to, you got to, especially like, in a sales role, I mean, getting the mind right in the morning, however you got to do that, if it's a podcast, if it's music, if it's a workout, whatever it is, like you got to get there somehow. So I'm with you on the, the Dr. Dre, the Snoop, all that. Um, I love it. <laughs> um, okay. Here's a new rapid fire that we're testing out. If you had to have dinner with one salesperson dead or alive, who would it be? Oh my gosh. One salesperson. Um, I'd probably go with uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I actually just watched that movie the other day. The end of it, it was on TV. Um, and good or bad, um, the the beginning scenes when he's getting into you know selling penny stocks or whatever it was is just incredible. And you can see, um, which I've seen with so many reps, you see that light bulb go on in his in his mind as soon as he understands which he's not being honest. Um, but as soon as he understands what he needs to do in order to be successful, um, and I think just understanding and, and picking his brain on living through that time, uh, I think would be absolutely incredible. That's humble brag, the most downloaded podcast, uh, uh, for episode of this podcast. I had him on like three or four years ago and it was oh my gosh. wild. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw him once uh, at a restaurant in Manhattan beach and I didn't say anything. Um, but we were at tables right next to each other. And I was like, Oh my gosh, there he is. <laughs> you, you must've been dining. Well, I mean, I can only imagine the spots he's going to. So, uh, that's awesome. Uh, so I'd love to know what's who's one person that you want to see come on next for the millennial sales podcast. Ooh, you are putting me on the spot here. Yep. Uh, one person that I would love to see, I'd actually love 
Um, my old manager uh, at Yelp that I, I referenced a couple of times, Emily Mearsand, she is an incredible human being. She not only uh, has built her career um, at Sonder, um, but her and her husband have actually started this uh, organization called Russum Investments. Uh, and I'll, I'll let her, I won't let her thunder tell you all about it um, as a side hustle uh, where they're essentially um, buying and purchasing property all over the country. Um, and you'll, you'll, I'll let her tell you, but it's, it's really incredible. And on top of that, she has moved to Hawaii during the pandemic. She's also a yoga instructor and holds retreats all over the world. And she is, <laughs> she's got uh, a lot I, going on. I know, I know I, we are the same age, but I look up to her. Um, like she is one of the most incredible and she's also just a great friend um, uh, and just a, a wonderful person to be around. So I can't say enough good things about her. And she's also just, um, a boss. So I would absolutely, uh, I would absolutely recommend you have her on. That's awesome. I will be definitely hitting her up after this. Um, my last rapid fire for you. What's one thing that you like to do outside of work to kind of recharge? Uh, yes, we talked about this a little bit this morning. Um, I'm a big runner. Um, I love to be outside. Um, I live, uh, Right now I live right on the East River. So I run along the river here. When I lived in San Francisco, I always tried to live somewhere flat um, so that I had access to good running trails. Um, it's it's something I started uh, when I was very young. I grew up playing soccer. Um, so when I'm running, that is my that is my me time. That is my place. I also always run alone uh, for that reason. Um, so that's that's my favorite thing to do to kind of reset. Yeah, plus one to that. Um, before we head out, I do want to, uh, give an opportunity. I know you're really involved with the Girls in Tech New York. Um, so I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about what that organization does and uh, you know who it benefits and, and what you're doing with them. Yeah, absolutely. So I joined the Girls in Tech board uh, about a year ago. I wanted to get involved um, in some sort of women in technology um, organization when I moved out to New York. I was very involved in women in transportation, uh, women in electric vehicles in San Francisco. Uh, and so it was something I wanted to replicate here. Something that I've noticed uh, the further and further that I've gotten in my career is that there's less and less women. I would say at Yelp, I had women managers, I had women leaders, I had women on my team. I don't think that I've worked closely. I haven't had a female leader um, since I left Yelp um, and the amount of women that I've had on my team has gotten smaller and smaller. And I think a big piece of that, there's a, there's a multitude of reasons that goes into that, but um, I'm very passionate about changing that. So interviewed to be on the Girls in Tech board, joined last July, and really our mission is to get women excited uh, and involved in technology. So we had actually an event uh, this March um, for um, sales, specifically women that wanted to either change careers and get into sales um, or get into uh, technology for the first time. And I think what ends up happening is very similar to me. I was in marketing. I was in the beverage industry. I was much, I was, you know, at the beginning of my career at that time. So it wasn't as scary to make the jump into tech or to take a step back, uh, even though at that time I felt like I was taking a step back. Yeah. And so it's really benefiting uh, those women in the, uh, you know, mostly the tri-state area that are interested in getting into technology. So I help what my position is, is I work with large organizations um, that want to get involved in either host events. Uh, we do hackathons. Um, you can get involved and, ha um, and have access to our job boards um, so we can post, you know, uh, different positions that you're hiring for. 
Uh, and again, it's it's a it's a global organization, so there's chapters all over the world, and uh, their mission is to really get women more involved in technology and feel like they have you know a safe haven and a safe place and a community built here. So all the women on the board are mentors. Um, we take on several mentees uh, a quarter to be able to coach and work with um, to help them you know excel in their careers in tech. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, Rachel, it's been great to have you on, hear your story. Um, before we let you go, uh, just let us know, like, you know, if folks want to connect with you, uh, where the best places to do that, any other final words? Uh, I don't know if you're still hiring and scaling, but uh, it could be a good time to plug that too. But anything else that you have to, uh, to share with the audience? Yeah, um, we are absolutely still hiring and scaling uh, all over the country. We are hiring for mid-market AEs, enterprise AEs. Um, BDRs, SDRs, um, marketing uh, for just about everything we are hiring for right now. We are going to double in size before the end of the year. Um, LinkedIn's definitely the best place uh, to reach me, or you can email me at rachel.mays uh, at uh, Happy to answer any questions uh, that you have, or rachel.mays at uh, girlsintech.org is also uh, another way. And yeah, and it was it was great being on. Um, I've been really excited uh, to be on the podcast with you, Tom, for quite some time. Um, this is you know incredible, uh, and I think the more resources that we have for folks uh, to get excited about their sales careers and, and help them up level is great. So happy to be a part of it. Awesome! Thanks so much for coming on, Rachel. Thanks, Tom. A quick word from the sponsor of this podcast, which is the Up and Up Community. It is a community that I just launched with my friend Anthony Natoli. Um, it is a private sales community that's helping you all get not only crush your sales goals and your career goals, but also trying to stay fulfilled and mentally healthy and become a better person in the process, which is easier said than done. So if that's interesting to you, head over to patreon.com slash up and up, or hit me up on LinkedIn. My name's Tom Alemo, and uh, the link will be there in my the featured section of my profile 